0: Listeners, and welcome back to What You Missed On. I'm one of your hosts, Kate LaChapelle. Today, you'll be joining me and Kim Ware as we delve into the season one finale of AMC's Kevin Can F Himself. In today's episode, we discuss how media pits women against each other, Kevin's strange magnetic pull, and we will finally learn if Allison will succeed in killing her husband. There's only one way to know, so without further ado, let's get started. Hey Kim.
1: Hey. How you doing?
0: I'm doing better. Uh, are you ready to talk about the season one finale of Kevin Ken F himself?
1: I am so ready.
0: You're so ready. That's awesome. So ready. Great. Uh do we want us? Do you want to start us off with uh what happened in this season finale? Because there was a lot going on. <laughs>
1: Uh, A quick sum-sum? Okay. Mm -hmm. A quick (laughs) sum-sum. So at the police station, we learned that Kevin shot the man who was breaking into his and Allison's home the previous night. While in the sitcom world, Allison and Patty exchange looks, this is not what they planned. Detective Tammy informs them that they just pulled the plug on the man Kevin shot and this news spirals him into an existential crisis. Back at the McRoberts McRoberts house, Neil and Pete try to cheer Kevin up, but he seems genuinely shaken by what happened. When Allison and Patty are finally left alone, Allison has already formed a plan to help save Patty by planting cash and oxy in Nick's house for when the police get their warrant. However, when they go to do the deed, Patty ends up talking to Nick's aunt and learns that Nick isn't dead. He's alive, but in critical condition. Patty's hopeful that things will still work out in their favor, but Allison isn't convinced and urges Patty to sneak a peek at Tammy's notebook the next time that they're hanging out. Meanwhile, Kevin settles in at the bar, bemoaning how he can no longer taste beer and starts wallowing about how unjust the world is. In true sitcom fashion, the patrons gather around him, buying him rounds and boosting his confidence until he suddenly gets his beer taste back. Kevin's new, you know, great idea is to turn is to run for city council. As he's preparing his first campaign event, Sam comes to see Allison and apologize for what he felt things... How he left things the last time they spoke and that he left his wife. Allison starts kissing him but they break apart before Kevin interrupts and ropes Sam into letting him use the diner as the venue for his big event.
0: Yeah so at the campaign event Allison can no longer handle Kevin's endless winning streak and escapes out back Sam finds her and tries to convince her of the better life that they could have together but Allison is actually finally ready to say that she she should be good enough as she is and is maybe starting to realize that setting her happiness in the hands of another man isn't really the best of plans she ends up storming out of the event after telling Kevin that she thinks or that sorry after telling Kevin that he thinks that he's an everyday hero but really he's just a dick and this unintentionally gives Kevin his new campaign slogan. Meanwhile, uh, Patty confronts Allison at the McRoberts house, finally admitting that she and Tammy are in a relationship and that she hates herself for betraying Tammy's trust. Their friendship breaks down as they lay everything bare and Allison goes into the kitchen as Patty leaves. Resigned to her fate, Allison starts cleaning up the kitchen, yet another of Kevin's messes, and we slide into sitcom mode so that we can be interrupted by Neil tumbling from the closet, claiming to have heard everything and intent on, now intent on ke- telling Kevin. So Allison and Neil wrestle over his phone, and Neil starts choking Allison, starts getting pretty dark in this sitcom world, and we're shifted back into Allison's world when Patty saves the day by breaking a bottle over Neil's head. And as he lays on the floor clutching his bloodied head and glaring at the women, they clasp hands. Seemingly, whatever happens next, they're going to be facing it together.
1: Dun, 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 dun. Dun,
0: dun, dun, dun. Indeed. <laughs> it's quite an an action-packed
1: finale. It really was. For our show it was based on a, a sitcom. It really was. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask, so did you watch any of the uh, uh, episodes uh, in between?
0: Um, I had fully intended to do so, and mm-hmm. then life happened, and I did right. not get a chance. I did read some recaps, but ultimately, I was only able to watch the premiere and the finale.
1: Right, so we're both in the same boat then because- Because I um, had also kind of wanted to watch some of the in-between episodes, but um, just didn't end up working out with my schedule. And so I have only seen the pilot and the finale at this moment. I have not even read a a recap of anything that happened. So you were really confused. So I was very much a a babe plopped out of its mother's womb to blink wide-eyed at the world. Um,
0: (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I like I mean I like reading the recaps just to like have an idea of what's happening going in right. um but I feel like there's something really fun about that and probably extremely confusing with this episode because there's like you know there's all these storylines that have been happening all season and uh we I mean, we'll get into some of that in a second but uh especially with how the the episode opens like what did you, what did you what was your like initial reaction to that scene of like Patty and the police station
1: and like Allison coming out? Yeah, so I will say that part of me felt a little, you know, I was definitely confused, but also a little bit vindicated because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I always knew that the, the characters were going to get into some form of hygiene, some form of um, trouble, And I expected that the law might get involved at some point because you can't set up the premise of I need to kill my husband Um, without, um, you know, without that being a possibility. So I was like, ooh, we're immediately diving into it. I will say that I was surprised, however, that um, I was surprised at how far Allison didn't appear to have got tin that Mm. is not correct grammar but whatever um how far she appeared to have not got gotten somebody in the audience knows (laughs)
0: yeah I mean it sounds potentially correct it's not it's it sounds I get what you're trying to say yeah my um she was not as far along in the plan as you assumed she would be
1: (laughs) there we go that's a better turn of phrase Um, I could just hear my middle school English teacher like, no, it's incorrect. Um, (laughs) But anyway, um, she wasn't as far along as I would have assumed that she would be. And part of that um, seems to be because she got just kind of way laid in the middle by this relationship with Sam. And, you know, like you don't necessarily need to kill your husband if you can just run away with um, another guy um so maybe that's what kind of slowed the progression down a little bit but it was surprising
0: which is interesting because having read the recaps i feel like it made sense because the 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 guy and i'm sure you you've you got the sense as the episode went on but the guy that kevin shot was the man that she hired to kill kevin he was supposed to make it look like a break-in but it was supposed to happen in a week (laughs) Right and it was supposed yeah. to you know work the right person yeah. was supposed to die um and i know that there there was some some different things that happened where the initial plan that she came up with was to have him overdose on oxy because yeah. there has been like a drug issue in their town yeah. and that's kind of where she gets the idea and how she ultimately ends up getting closer with patty because patty
1: has been dealing oxy ah i did catch that there was patty hate was in some sort of trouble in relation to drugs um there was somebody or something after her which is allison is doing her some sort of favor by
0: yeah there's sort of like this weird circular cover-up that I feel like is almost too convoluted to explain (laughs) in this episode and that I don't feel like I fully understand from having not actually watched the episodes, but it, I know that there was something where she tried to get Oxy from the guy who gave her cocaine in the first episode and then she ends up like reporting him to the police, but then it also takes down the supplier for Patty's Oxy business and... So then she needs like a new supplier. And she also finds out that like a bunch of her customers have been buying Oxy from her and then also reselling it. And so it's like all this like weird stuff that's happening. But it seems like there there might have been an issue of the law somewhat closing in on her a little bit and her business. And so there was always that fear, which like, I don't know why you're getting romantically involved with a detective when you're- actively a drug dealer like it's one thing if you become a drug dealer when you're already involved with a detective but looking at you good girls um (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) but to make the decision to get involved with someone in law enforcement when you are dealing drugs illegally
1: (laughs) that seems like a poor decision it is a poor decision but it also seems to be a very popular trope for some reason, I guess. I I, I, mean, I it just. I think point.
0: it it it's it automatically creates tension. I guess.
1: It's it's a, it's a it's a. It is a easy way to create tension. I would agree with that. Um, it's
0: an easy way to create tension, but at the expense of logic. I
1: feel. Right at the expense of like. Okay, so how many? Well, I mean. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. I was like, "How many detectives' partners are out there dealing on the street?" I was like, "Whoa, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't That's know. a different For podcast, there, you know? <laughs> 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 right? Oh man, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I definitely got the the con diluted feeling from that whole narrative. I was like, I. There's no ch- way that I'm going to be able to figure out <laughs> Ooh, everything
0: I, that's going on here. of yeah. this is about.
1: But I just know that drugs are involved. Patty's in trouble. Allison is in, somehow doing a favor, doing her a favor by doing this. Mm-hmm. The two of them have become friends of a fashion, but I didn't really feel that solidified until the last moment when Patty um, decides to come back for her and assaults her brother her own brother (laughs) and stands i mean to be
0: fair her brother was choking allison like he was physically attacking her and is much bigger than her
1: right right no to be like in all honesty like getting him to getting him off her like totally understood yeah it was the clear it was the the symbolism of them standing together and Mm -hmm. you know when she says that uh she's not telling kevin shit and, um, whatever happens from this moment on, um, as you so brilliantly, brilliantly wrote in our summary, um, they're going to be facing it together. And that's quite a statement, which is why it's a fidelity, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there, I mean, there's some other stuff going on with Patty too. Like there's this sort of like subplot even within her romance with Tammy like there, there's a lot
1: of stuff going on with her
0: apparently yeah. she becomes a much there's bigger so- character like because she had a boyfriend or a husband yeah. or something I was
1: gonna say there was that her ex seems to be a kind of a creep yeah um,
0: but like they break up in the show really yeah like that happens in the show I'm fairly certain I feel like I read it in a recap but I also read all the recaps yesterday it, it when I was in my fugue <laughs>
1: It did have that feeling of a recent ended relationship, and also when you start the episode, there is like, the, "Here's what you missed on." Uh, we love that,
0: uh, but they do do that
1: like recap yeah. of everything leading up to that moment, and there was that clip of Patty uh, standing in front of Tammy and saying that it's always been her. Um, so, like, I I knew going in that like. Tammy um, was kind of a love interest but just that phrasing it's always been you does also denote that there have there have been others and that you know what I mean so I was prepared for X to come along and when he did he was a creep, <laughs> which
0: is great because that line is actually in reference to Tammy thinking that Patty has romantic feelings for Allison really yeah that is so interesting. And it's kind of a point of contention for them in their relationship.
1: Yeah.
0: So it like, there's also this like other level of like Patty continuously choosing Allison over Tammy,
1: mm. which I think
0: also adds weight to that whole like betrayal and like looking at Tammy's notes.
1: Yeah.
0: And also that it was for nothing because Tammy's notes are just like, they think that Allison is meek and weak and yeah, not. but it's, but it's not like, Oh yeah, she's definitely plotting to murder her husband.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. No one, you know, Tam, you know, Patty's rightly upset that she betrayed someone she loves um, or thinks she loves anyway mm-hmm. um, in this way and ultimately for nothing. And um, you know, she does reveal that um, Tammy's notes basically just, you know, wrote Allison off and they were mainly about her jealousy, you yeah. know, like they talk too much. Um, and we did see ex-boyfriend or lover, husband, I don't know his status. Ex. The ex. <laughs> we just, we did see the ex, the beard, um, or maybe, maybe, maybe Paddy's by. I don't, I don't know the full history there. But um, we did see him come and sort of put Tammy on the path to figuring out that Patty is h- holding a few cards close to her chest, <laughs> a, tr- a few drug-sprinkled cards. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sure in season two, that'll be, a, you know, that tension will be upped.
0: Yeah. Well, especially because we didn't talk about it in our sumsum, but... Uh, Tammy was left in, in Patty's salon and she, the ex came in to like check on her after the break-in and kind of has a little contentious conversation with, with Tammy, wherein he sort of implies that there might be more going on than she's really aware of. And Tammy actually takes that to heart and maybe starts doing a little snooping of her own.
1: Yeah. Yep. Nope. Because the thing about having a detective partner in a story is that eventually they come to collect,
0: <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> they they are used to further the, the, the plot. And so I'm interested to see as they go along, now that I know about that setup, um, you know, that <laughs> point of contention between Tammy and Patty, about Patty's feelings, her true feelings for Allison, or what may be her true fel- feelings for Allison. I'm interested in seeing where the story um, takes that. You know, like, is there going to be a point? Does Patty have a breaking point of how much and how far she's willing to go for Allison, And what does that say about their relationship? Because um, I was already surprised that she was willing to, Clock, she was willing to visit violence upon someone who was trying to choke Allison, you know. Um, whether or not I'm totally forgetting this character's name. What is her brother's name? Neil. Neil, there we go. I was like, it's not Nick. Nick is Nick is the Nick poss- is Nick is the hitman. Right. Yeah. hitman in a coma. Um, whether or not Neil would have actually. Gone as far as to kill her. I, I I think that the narrative did a good job of showing us that it was a heat of the moment thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they were both getting ahead of themselves. But nonetheless, people can get hurt in the heat of the moment. And it was, it was, it was not the fact that she got she intervened in order to get him off of her. It was that she so clearly stated that uh I'm going to stand with her and I'm going to help her do whatever is necessary to keep you quiet, which is a dark, dark prospect. Yeah,
0: it is. And especially, I mean, there was an episode earlier in the season where I don't really know all the details exactly because the recap I read was a little all over the place, honestly. Um, But in the recap, they were talking about how, Patty ends up punching this guy that she believes is Allison's stalker. And I guess Allison had like made up the stalker. I don't really know the circumstances of that, but I do know that Patty hit this guy on her behalf. So there is like a little bit of a pattern there that is established, but the specifics of like her attacking her brother is interesting. Cause it I mean, it is aligning herself with, Allison, but there again, <laughs> the recaps, there's this whole storyline where like it becomes apparent that Allison and Patty are becoming friends and the guys, oh no, no, no. Oh God. Now I don't remember all the details of it. Something happens. I feel like it's that they they become friends and the guys like kick Patty out of the group basically. And they like have auditions to like replace her and they find this guy named Patrick, who they then start calling Patty. And he's like the Patty replacement. And so like I feel like she has wow, no loyalty because like she and Allison are like they're the same coin, really. They're two sides yeah. of the same coin where they're yeah. both like stuck supporting these like boorish, oafish men who have zero respect for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a very astute point. And I think that um, as far as the writers and the writing go, I'm so glad that they picked up on that because, you know, we're familiar with this character, Mm -hmm. the one of the guys girl and, you know, she's in flannel and she's usually there to poke holes at and be completely antagonistic towards, you know, the, the main female, the nagging uh, housewife, (laughs) the nagging housewife, because I don't know. Femininity is bad, I guess. I or you know, I mean, I don't. I, I've always felt like this role, that particular stereotype, was so convoluted. Like you can't be. I mean, to use a term I hate, but you can't be a tomboy, or you can't be, you can't like masculine things without turning on your femininity or turning on girls that are. Um, you know, considered your opposite Mm -hmm. is so strange a concept to me, especially when both of you (laughs) are caught in the same system. Both of you are the punchline, um, to a bunch of cackling men, you know, like, ugh. So I'm glad that they are unpacking that more. Yes. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I just had this like
0: weird moment that made me think of the hunger games specifically catching fire the spoilers for that i guess but like they in the second hunger games they have the quarter quell and it's spoilers (laughs) and it's it's all the tributes like previous winners of the hunger games who are the new tributes and there's like this theme throughout the book and i guess the movie of like remembering who the enemy is that the enemy is the capital it's not each other And I feel like that's kind of where this relationship falls is that like, they have to remember that just because one of them is like the more feminine wife, housewife, whatever. And one of them is a little bit more tomboyish. That doesn't mean that they are enemies and frequently in media, we pit them against each other, Uh but really the enemy is this like, frankly, patriarchal notion that, women should be pitted against each other just because they're not they don't express the same levels of what we deem femininity
1: right right because i mean that whole i'm still chewing on uh, what you told me about the whole because i had wondered i was like something some because when we first in the first episode when we first meet patty she is very very entrenched in her role as uh, one of the guys um, and what that means, you know, she's there to laugh at their jokes. She's there to to rib on his wife along with him as if to almost validating his criticisms of her, you know, like, mm-hmm. look, your fellow female thinks you're ridiculous and all of that. She's very entrenched in that when we first meet her. So something somewhere had to have happened in order to get her go take her from that moment from sitting on a porch with Allison and refusing to not feel, cha- refusing to be challenged by her, you know, like when she's trying to get her to admit that, you know, their lives are just that she wants better and yeah. she kind of refuses to do that. Um, I had wondered what moment happened to kind of shake her out of that. And to learn that you're your closest friends, the, you know, quote unquote friends, the people, you know, you spend the most time with are just going to replace you with a dude. um, And not just your closest
0: friends, also your brother.
1: Also your brother. They're just going to, you know, have a replace Patty day. We found Patrick. Now we're all good. And this is supposed to be funny. Yeah. I'm glad that Patty seems to be waking up to the fact that her position is, no. no better, and maybe slightly better. She doesn't have to sleep with the dude. There is that. She doesn't have to sleep with Kevin. She's not
0: married to Kevin.
1: Allison <laughs> She's is not married. To Kevin. Allison is, and but it's a it's a form of protection, you mm. know. It can be a form of protection to be one of the guys, quote unquote, you know, um, because then you you know you there's a illusion of safety in it. And I think that a moment like that would have told Patty that um, it would have torn that illusion away from her. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So like, I don't blame her for not having that loyalty
1: to her brother. Not at all. I don't, I just don't know, especially having not seen everything in between. I'm not at a point where I'm like, it makes sense to me that she'd be prepared to hurt him or, or kill him at the very worst, you know, in order to keep him quiet. So I'm wondering what is about to happen? Like, how do you keep someone quiet who's determined to tell without crossing that line? You know, that's a, an excellent question. I don't
0: know, but I mean, (laughs) in a weird way, it does feel kind of like, the end of the first episode of good girls
1: yeah it does
0: so like I'm sure that there is a way I just don't know what it is
1: oh yeah there's gonna be a way (laughs) for sure um
0: so we we've talked a lot about Patty in this do we want to talk about Allison and and the journey that
1: she's been on yes and whether or not some of our predictions came true,
0: yeah, because we did, we did have a number of predictions. So I guess we can, we can actually start with that in talking about Allison. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the first question that I had asked you in the last episode was, "Will Allison kill Kevin?" And you what? said no, and I said probably not.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just didn't make much sense that um, they would have. That they would remove that point of tension so early, you know. They, you know, the goal of TV is to have many, many a season. So, I uh predict that that won't be something that happens if it happens at all, yeah.
0: Because um, I do feel like at this point, given the storylines that I read about, it would make more sense to me. Like, there was a line that Allison had in this episode where she was just kind of like. When she was talking to Sam about how much it sucks that this world is just like made for him for Kevin to keep winning no matter what he does like he shot someone and yet there are there's a restaurant full of people who are cheering him on right now and like super supporting him and they like barely they didn't even question it
1: yeah like, there was like, no wrong yeah, yeah no and um, there was that really great juxtaposition that they did between, um, you know, um, uh, Tammy um, interrogating Allison in the real world. Um, and then when they switch, because Kevin walks in mm-hmm. and they switch to the sitcom world and you get this very sitcom police experience where he's in no way a suspect. He's in no way going to hurt for having shot someone they, they're sympathetic yeah. to this man just you know defending his castle mm-hmm. and, and don't his family worried, right we'll get to the bottom of it sir and <laughs> man it was so i mean that moment read really true to me um yes
0: but given that that has been a lot of the storylines i'm wondering if it won't necessarily be ultimately about killing him but about making it so that he doesn't keep winning Yes. Like we kind of like need to see him start losing at some point, right? Or we need to kill him. Like those are the options, basically,
1: right? Because you know the 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 killing itself can be metaphorical. You know, yes, killing of Kevin doesn't have to be literal. Right now, I think Allison is very much stuck in that mindset of you know I have to literally kill this man and that's the only way to get out. Uh, but I would like to see her <laughs> maybe explore some other options. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, it would be good if she would, if she would consider those options. Cause I know there was also like, I don't remember why exactly, but she was looking to like research ideas, I think. So she'd gone to the library and was like, oh, I have this idea for a book. And then basically described her plan and the librarian was just like, why doesn't she just leave? Right. And Allison was like, leave. Right. As if that's an option. Like, so she, she has definitely gotten it into her head that like, it is not a metaphorical death. It needs to be an actual death. Right. And I don't know if we'll stay with that. Cause I do feel like at least in this episode, she is starting to sort of confront herself, which was another thing that you had said that you were hoping that she would be forced to work on herself. Yeah. And that does seem to be happening.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did seem to be happening, especially, um, you know, like, the, and in multiple ways, um, you know, Patty, it seems to be a big part of that right now. You know, like uh, the main point of contention between them and this episode was that um, Allison is not as meek as she pretends or that she believes herself to be. She has de- She has developed into quite the, Manipulator, quite the, you know, quite cunning and vicious in her quest for to to free herself of this man. And Patty's trying to get her to see that of like, hey, this this isn't sweet. This isn't meek. This, you know, like I I need you to acknowledge what you did. Because by not acknowledging it, Allison is still hiding behind the persona of helplessness Mm -hmm. and not having to face the fact that, like, okay, no. Um, you have valid reasons for being discontent with your life, with your husband um, and with his abuse. Cause there's the form of, of mental and emotional abuse that is happening here. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. All of that said, your actions still matter and you still have, you still have to be accountable for them. And when you do a shitty thing, you have to be held accountable for doing that shitty thing. And, I so appreciate that because I think that that's part of the reason why Allison can't see Kevin's death as anything other than literal. Because you know when she's giving all of the reasons why she can't just leave, um, it's not that these things aren't valid. Like the way that he manipulates, the way that he cuts down her confidence, the way that he has made it so that she relies on him for everything, and she wouldn't know what to do without, you know. Um, And he would find some way to suck her back in. He's like a black hole. All of that is valid. (laughs) However, it doesn't rob her. It doesn't end her responsibility to herself, you know? And Mm -hmm. the answer is still, well, then you need to find a way to overcome that conditioning. Well, then you need to find a way to get the life skills that he has thus far prevented you from attaining. Well, then you need to, you need to, you need to, and she can't quite see that yet.
0: Yeah. Which is interesting. And I hope that she will get into that mindset at some point soon. Cause like she is very capable.
1: Mm-hmm. like
0: She's way more capable than she definitely thought that she was. I don't know if she is realizing that at this point, but even just watching this episode and seeing the number of times where things go wrong and she immediately has another plan. Like she might cool. be anxious or nervous or kind of freak out about something for a minute, but then she like she formulates a plan and she is going to take care of this and she's not going to let stuff get in her way but she always lets Kevin get in her way yeah like when something goes wrong with Kevin it's always like she's the one that's going to inevitably come in and clean up the mess yes
1: she should just stop cleaning up his mess
0: and I think that's something that someone says at some point during the series is that like okay so why don't you just like not do it
1: yeah like kevin will implode without this woman like what is kevin gonna do without allison what kevin's gonna do without
0: allison is create a uh a maze in the basement and charge people a bunch of money thinking that he has created this unsolvable puzzle and offer a ten thousand dollar prize to people if they can solve it and then fail miserably
1: yes that, but that is what he's exactly. going to do
0: without allison because that is what he did in the episode that allison was gone
1: <laughs> lord yeah i was just like that sounds exactly like Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it does.
0: like i've seen like, two episodes of this accurate. show but like <laughs> that is a hundred percent what would happen and that was the other thing so she went on this road trip with patty because they needed to go to like vermont or something to get more oxy and um I don't know why everyone's going on road trips up by the Canadian border, but,
1: you know, apparently that's a good way to get drugs in and out of the country.
0: I mean, probably, I guess. <laughs> um, that border is not watched as closely as the ones where not white people come from. It is um, true. <laughs> yeah. And so she ends up taking their car because they only have the one car because, you know, Kevin needs the car, you know? Yeah she doesn't need to drive. She, she only, she can walk to work. It's fine. Um, So she takes the car and apparently doesn't tell Kevin where she's going. And he reports the car is stolen and like has like total freak out over, I guess, like her being missing because she hasn't answered some calls for a few hours. But then when he actually gets in touch with her, he doesn't ask like where she is or how she is or anything like that. He's just like, "Hey, where's the Crisco?" <laughs> Meanwhile, oh, Lord. he's reported this car stolen. Right, cares way more about the car and like his his football jerseys and where the Crisco is than right. the well being of his wife.
1: Right, you know, because quite possibly the person who stole your car also has stolen your wife. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a possibility, Mm -hmm. um, man, man, oh man, oh man. I mean, what can be said about Kevin though? We know he is the manifestation of the worst qualities of maildom, um, for our eyes and ears to feast and cringe upon Mm -hmm. and, and of the patriarchy, you know, like, Kevin doesn't just stand for any particular guy or any particular type of guy. He stands for um, an entire institution really of of maildom. And as interestingly enough, I thought I would want to see him get it more. And I'm not sure if it's the show's format or because they're so clearly doing something specific with Allison. I'm not thirsty for Allison to bury Kevin literally. I am way more invested in her Allison doing the work on Allison that she needs in order to get free of of Kevin.
0: Yeah. I mean, I want her to do that work, but I also want him to
1: suffer. That's true. I mean, I don't mind watching him suffer. Like
0: and I feel like this episode was it was interesting like because I've read the recaps, like I know all these like other storylines that have happened with Kevin over the season and they're all terrible. Um, They just like, they make you hate him so much, so much. But this, but like where we kind of see him in the beginning of this episode, he is actually experiencing like a moment of humanity and not just like necessarily thinking about himself for like two minutes of screen time. So I feel like you, you almost have like, brief brief moment of empathy for him and his kind of like existential crisis over having shot someone yeah and and presuming that that person is dead
1: yeah but it's ruined by how he handles that yes
0: yes it is very quickly ruined but I think that you you do get like a slight moment of humanity that you don't necessarily get with all of the other storylines that we've seen and like much like in the first episode there's another episode with his birthday or her birthday I think his birthday where he has a similar setup but intentionally like has this like fancy dinner with Allison but then does the switcheroo where he has like beers and wings with his friends at this bar whatever so he does the he does the back and forth with that one the like true back and forth And, like, Allison knows, and she's, like, I'm just happy because it gives me some time to sit at the table and drink some wine and read a book and not have to deal with Kevin for a bit. And, like, isn't that sad (laughs) that that's, like, the highlight of this celebration? Yeah. Is when he abandons her to go hang out with his friends and dad.
1: Yeah, because there's that classic sitcom scenario, too, of, like, my wife has this really important thing. And rather than, like, I don't know, show... Even the the barest kind. So even the barest, the minimalist level of care and responsibility towards this woman, I'm going to selfishly try and do my own thing and get away with it. Yeah. And, I mean, the kind of thing that you wouldn't even do to a person that was just like your friend, you know, an acquaintance who yeah. invited you to something, you know, like, oh man, I just, I've never understood why these hijinks are supposed to be funny. Um, but I mean, that's the whole point. That's the whole formula of the show is deconstructing these things. Um, it
0: is, it is. And like seeing them through a different lens and for what they kind of like really are. Yeah. Um, so as we continue with Allison. Let's talk about Sam.
1: Hmm, Sam.
0: Handsome Sam. So, yeah, we both had it down that we thought there was going to be a romance happening, and there was. And I had noted that she, it would be interesting if she kind of had this sort of like fantasy life with Sam. Yeah. And then like reality sort of comes crashing down and she realizes that she's just in a loop. Like, yes, Sam is a better man than Kevin, but it's still, it's placing her fantasy and her happiness in another man. Yeah. And instead of in herself.
1: Right. Sam is a better man, but he's by no means a perfect man. Not that he needs to be, but I think even within... Just the finale, they did a really good job of showing you that Allison would be moving from one set of problems to another set because Sam doesn't necessarily see her entirely as she is either. No. Sam has a vision of Allison. Sam very much likes the idea of rescuing Allison.
0: Yeah. And of her being a little bit broken and getting yeah. to be like her knight in shining armor who comes to save the day.
1: Right. Which is not necessarily, does that make him the scum of the earth? No. No. It is problematic. Yes. It will breed problems in a relationship.
0: Yes. Because if you need to be someone's knight in shining armor, you always need them to be a little bit broken.
1: Right. You can't base an entire relationship on that. No. And it would be a mistake to try and I'm happy that she seemed to realize that um, by the finale. Me
0: too. Me too. Yes. And, okay, I'm just kind of, like, going through our predictions at this point. We weren't sure if she would end up injuring more people along the way. What's interesting is in reading the recaps, it doesn't seem like she physically attacks people very much outside of that first episode. Like, a lot of it is, it's really in that, like, that final scene. Yeah. Um, and then when Patty punches that guy but I don't think there's actually that much violence as much violence as there seemed like there was going to be like, there's always kind of the threat of violence in the sense that they've been plotting to murder her husband, but not in the like the very physical way that we saw in that first episode.
1: Yeah. But in some ways I'm okay with that. Cause it's almost, you could then look at it as a way of the narrative of, of, of the visual showing us that she can't start on this path without hurting the people around her. Mm -hmm. And obviously that moves from physical to, um, you know, by proxy, Um, but it was always gonna be that way. You know what I mean? Like like, um, it was never gonna always be in a sort of slapsticky manner. But, and and introducing that concept through a, a kind of slapstick, also, weirdly fits very well with, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the genre.
0: Yeah, it does.
1: But a man is dead, and not the man that she intended to be dead. Is so, there a man dead? I mean,
0: he's he's in critical condition.
1: to life at this moment,
0: <laughs> he's we clinging don't know. to
1: life. We don't know, but he could very well he could very well die. He uh, could very well die.
0: And they have another person injured that was also not anywhere in the plan with Neil.
1: That is true.
0: And we don't actually like, there is that whole scene with him and Allison where he's just like, yeah, I heard everything. I know what's going on. And there's that, this, this whole like thing with him and Allison, and like, we never actually hear from Neil what he heard that's true we don't know what he knows
1: um i mean they have that whole back and forth of i know what i know that you know what you know um but it wasn't enough for him to try and choke her i mean it is also neil so um he could be upset about something relatively minor in the grand scheme of things but i think that he has a healthy i think he has enough to probably bury i mean to damn her um they did kind of make that clear. But I mean, it all just sets up the fact that the hurt is gonna continue. And Mm -hmm. we're back to the question of how do you keep someone silent who's determined to tell without hurting them? And the answer is, um, you don't have a lot of options. You either need a form of, you kind of need some blackmail and, as far as we know right now, they don't really have anything on bail or any reason or anything to hold over his head to, 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 buy his silence.
0: Yeah. At least not. Yeah. We don't, we definitely don't know of what. That could be. Cause at least in good girls, like there was, there was the threat of blackmail, right. but they don't, I don't know what leg they would have to stand on here. It's like, I was thinking that they could, you know, take him to the hospital and be like, Oh yeah, he's had a concussion. Then they could sort of like gaslight him into thinking that what he heard wasn't real and it was just part of the concussion. But then, like, how do they explain the concussion? Mm -hmm. Was it just that he hit his head tumbling out of the closet?
1: Yeah, and that would fit very well into the sort of format that would be typical of this kind of you know of a sitcom show, Um, but obviously that that would open up the door for them to have to be continually maintaining that lie mm-hmm. and gaslighting this man. And there's always the chance that he's going to just decide that he doesn't believe them and he's going to go rogue. And then what do you do? You know what I mean? But I could see that being a setup for season two, you know? Yeah.
0: Could be, could be. And yeah. then, it, you know, we just get into to more fun, toxic behaviors on their side. <laughs>
1: Yep. So I mean, it's 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 that it's the drain. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, you either need to decide to get out of the tub or go down the drain. I mean, that metaphor got a little away from me, but you got what I'm
0: saying. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm following. I'm following. Um. So we okay. Oh yeah. We I had a note that we had we had the the premonition prediction whatever that Patty. Would develop a deeper relationship with Allison, and I would say that was a pretty spot on and pretty easy to see coming. Yes. Two points from half court. Yep. Uh oh, and then Kevin. I asked, "Will he change at all by the end of the season?" And I think both of us said no. Yes. That he would change, Um, but you had noted that our perspective. On him might change as seeing yeah. him, like if we saw him cross over into the gritty real world, that we might see his weakness or or his his true danger.
1: And it doesn't look like we've seen him in the in the real no. world yet, which no. I'm kind of excited by. And the fact that they're withholding that makes me believe that they're they're they have plans to do something with that, which is
0: yeah. really helps yeah because of that core like sitcom cast it's just patty and allison in the real world until that moment with neil at the very end
1: yeah i mean we sometimes meet other characters in the real world with allison but as far as you're right as far as that core cast neil being bludgeoned over the over the head was the first time we saw him in the real world mm-hmm. and you know he was concussed at the time so we can't really see um if there's a difference of personality yet but we'll see we
0: we will well we might we may see we have no i have no idea if there's a second season yet
1: yeah that's true
0: um and we weren't in insofar as kevin being redeemed both of us said no and I would also agree with that. Yeah. It's not redeemed.
1: He is not.
0: He's just a dick. Um, oh, actually speaking of speaking of Neil, uh, you had said that he would probably stay comic relief. Yeah. And I had a wild card prediction that if Allison were to kill someone this season, it would be Neil.
1: Yeah, and he's on the chopping block. He's potentially on the chopping block. So
0: I'll I'll take like a quarter credit because they did like kind of take him down, but they haven't
1: killed him. In my mind, when you're on the chopping block, like as long as he is, I would say he's still on the chopping block because it doesn't mean that they're at the moment trying to kill him it means that it is obvious it is a thought in both of their minds that we cannot allow this man
0: (laughs) but they're gonna have to silence him somehow (laughs) we're gonna
1: have to silence him somehow and I, i maintain that both of them are at a point where they're they're not gonna rush to okay well we gotta kill him you know but that's the thought in everybody's minds like that is the thought simmering in the background the entire time of what if you can't? What if you can't? The easiest solution here is to finish, you know, slice your head is on the chopping block. That. Somehow, that's, that's but mine. then, like,
0: but then also, how do they get out of that? How do they justify that? Like, what? I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't think that they're. I don't personally think. I think that if we get a season two, we're going to see that that's not what they're trying to do at first. Yeah, and in fact, I think that if they were to ever kill a character, it would probably be more on the accidental side. Yeah. In the sense of like what happened with Neil uh, or not Neil, what happened with Nick. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I guess- I when think I they're had- gonna try, Yeah, they're going to just-
1: I- Go <laughs> No, no worries. I was just going to say that, like, I think they're going to try- bunch of different things to keep him quiet and it's just going to keep snowballing and then that snowball is going to have something dramatic and awful happen um but that would be my guess
0: yeah i could see that happening and i was going to say that when i made that wild card prediction i think i definitely had had it in my head that it wasn't like now they're going to plot to kill neil it was more of like a circumstances happen and in the heat of the moment she kills
1: neil which is it's sort of, kind of story, you know,
0: yeah,
1: what was going. Yeah. Yeah. Other than Kevin himself, Allison, nobody here is a vicious murderer or the kind of person who's just willing to off people to get what they want. You know, Just obviously Allison. minusing <laughs> Kevin from that equation. Kevin is a specific point of fixation for her. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're framing Nick and she's putting his clothes away. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that is Allison. Um, she's not
0: just putting his clothes away. She's putting them on hangers. Hangers,
1: right? <laughs> yes. Um, so she's not just going to be like, oh, well, I'm threatened. So the first thing we got to do is kill this person. She's not there yet. Although we have gotten hints that she's, she's on that journey. Like she's, you know, she's already done. She's already shown the capability of doing Horrible things that she knows will hurt people to protect herself, and that's a slippery slope.
0: I feel this is such like a weird place to do it, but I feel like I have a very, very weird wild card prediction for the end of season two.
1: Mm. Um, throw it out. We'll keep it in mind if there's a season two. Very
0: weird wild card prediction. um, Is that at the end of season two something will happen? where kevin accidentally does something and it seems like allison's life might be put in danger Mm. i might be semi pulling that from something else but i won't name it
1: (laughs) okay all right yeah no that's very interesting that's very well we'll see we'll see Mm -hmm. we'll have to see if the show gets a second season yeah um and then And then one day, if it comes out. (laughs) We'll watch the pilot and we will make new predictions. Yep.
0: And I'll have to reference back to this. (laughs) Um, But you also had a wildcard prediction. And you said that Allison will divert from her plan to kill Kevin to more of a, I'm going to take back my life. Mm -hmm. And dive into... Her like social life and having her affair with Sam, and decided to get the money to buy the house on her own, and mm. that part of getting the money to buy the house was going to involve some sort of criminal element.
1: Mm. How did how did how did that shake up from your reviews? <laughs>
0: I I mean I feel like it's very kind of like mm, I feel like you've got her season two arc basically. Mm because like I feel like at the end of season one I mean aside from the whole like Neil situation emotionally I feel like she's at the point where she's like I'm going to take back my life and like I need to be happy on my terms and do what I want to do yeah I don't have to be better I just have to be me
1: yeah I got the feeling from the finale that we were on the road there i yeah. still stand by my wild card prediction ultimately but yeah again you can't really i mean Scott i'm Hall not mad be fair. yeah i'm not mad at um the pacing of this season at all so um or <laughs> not mad at the pacing
0: of the season that you didn't watch <laughs>
1: right no i mean in the sense that like It'd be one thing, like, if we had hopped to the finale and Kevin was dead and she was on the run and a criminal crime lord was introduced, I'd be like, whoa, where are we? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) So, like, I'm not mad at finding out that she's not as far as I would have, it's not as far as I guess that she, you know, might be by the end of season one. That's Mm -hmm. fine. Yeah.
0: Because it's, yeah. I mean, it's all about, like, television shows are really about slower character growth that yeah. often feels more realistic than movies, since a lot of times mm-hmm. character growth in movies is like, okay, we have two hours to give your your personality a 180. Um, right, we have
1: two hours,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> and at least with television, you can, you have the time to be like, okay, we're going to change your character by a few degrees Mm -hmm. just a few degrees at a time so you actually have the really like satisfying arc of seeing seeing that change
1: yes exactly
0: because in reality people don't typically change as fast as they do in movies it is generally speaking more in line with television
1: it's true it's true but i and i still hope that we see those elements i mean obviously the story can do whatever it wants but like um i think it just goes it's in line with i really hope that the writers decide to make this a story about that change within allison Mm -hmm. and so far it does appear to be along those lines but we'll see
0: yeah I know that when I watched the first episode I felt like the the flip between the sitcom world and Allison's world was like somewhat jarring to almost a point of distraction and I feel like I didn't feel that as much in this episode so I don't know if they just like started handling it differently or or what and I wasn't sure if you had any thoughts on on how they managed that like tonal and visual shift Um, in the two episodes we watched.
1: Yeah, yes. the, the, The visual shifting in the finale didn't feel as pronounced to me. I will say that. Like, and I don't know if it's just because like the shock value had worn off or if there was just sort of like, okay, well, you're used to it now but it's not like I'd watched the entire season. So um, I don't know why I would be like super used to that. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say that it it just was a little bit, it didn't feel as sharp. Yeah. Like they were choosing moments that were like startling in their contrast. So that would tell me that, that tells me that the characters is no longer as sharply defined. She's no longer swinging from, you know, stark reality to this bubblegum, you know, hyper fantasy um, nightmare world, you know? I mean, cause like Kevin's fantasy world is her nightmare. Yeah. And if the two are blending more, and there's even moments where you saw her acting more like her, her, her real self, within that sitcom world within Kevin's fantasy world um
0: yeah because there is that scene in the kitchen when he's like preparing all his campaign materials and she is like really pushing back but I feel like in a way that had a lot more bite to it yeah there was like venom in her words that wasn't necessarily there in that first episode it was more like In the first episode she was very kind of like put upon and resigned to things and in this one she like you could you could fear you could feel her like anger boiling under the surface and it was it was there even in the sitcom world even if she wasn't like necessarily calling him out on stuff until kind of the end but yeah but it was there and I did appreciate that they had that moment in the sitcom of her being like you think you're an everyday hero, but you're just a dick.
1: No, absolutely. And I, I hurried her for that line. And I love the fact that it happened within the sitcom world, but yeah, no, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Like it, it felt, and it feels intentional, you know, now that, you know, now that we're like working through it, mm-hmm. um, you know, because if it wasn't, I'm like, what, well, what a happy mistake, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like the, the two are blending because Allison is becoming more herself regardless of where she is.
0: Yes. Uh, and I do think that the first episode, like as you were talking about, I was thinking about it, and like it makes sense artistically if they did make those switches in that first episode to be really jarring because it it is supposed to be kind of like shocking to us as an audience that we're getting like ripped out of this hyper fantasy of the sitcom world and into this very gritty real life. Like seeing that shift is supposed to, it's, it's supposed to be kind of like getting like a, a splash of, not a splash, like a glass of cold water thrown in your face yeah. every time it happens. Yeah. It was interesting. I like, like we said in the first episode, it's not something that I've seen done before, and I feel like it's, it's a really interesting way to use, to to deconstruct the sitcom. Yeah, as a medium,
1: it is. I could see it getting away from them if they're not careful, because it is yeah. such a, it is such a strong use of visual, mm-hmm. um, that if not handled correctly, it could easily become muddled for all the wrong reasons and uh right but right now i do feel like there's an intentional kind of storytelling happening with those moments becoming more less sharp and less you know a slap to the face and more like oh we're i i i'm starting to lose kind of where we are you know um and i think that's intentional
0: yeah i am curious uh because i know i had read something recently that was talking about the writers and how they intentionally wrote all of the sitcom stories to be able to be to like stand on their own like they needed to be full episodes on their own basically maybe not in terms of length but in terms of like a complete story yeah it needed to be able to stand on its own and I like I would need like I said, I would need to go back and like really think about it. I don't a hundred percent know if the story in this last episode, in the sitcom story, if it makes sense on its own without knowing Alice inside.
1: Yeah, because I'm I'm honestly struggling to even remember what moments took place in the sitcom world.
0: Well and that's was, exactly what
1: I mean by like it's yeah. it's a so
0: Yeah, it's all like blended at this point. Yeah. It's basically when Kevin's on screen. That's when, yeah. in the world.
1: when kevin's on screen um otherwise we're not there was yeah and the, the police station discovering that the man he shot was taken off of life support there was the bar mm-hmm.
0: preparing no, no no first there was his oh, dad welcome home yeah
1: yeah the welcome home And his dad, uh, we see he's not able to get into, you know, everyday life. And then there's the bar.
0: And the, like, wonderfully terrible joke about how awful marriage
1: is. Right? Um, There's the bar where he gets the idea to run for Congress because he's exactly the kind of change the town needs. Um, There's the preparing for Congress. Not Congress, city council. City council. I mean... (laughs) congress city council um there's a world of difference i (laughs) know i was like i think my dad would say there's a world of difference (laughs) right right um slip of the tongue but anyway um city council and also he's he's in no way qualified to run for congress um i mean looking at what we have in congress um um, but anyway that's a whole other podcast. yeah um
0: (laughs) I mean, I would honestly say I don't know that he's qualified to run for city council because he doesn't actually seem to have any understanding of, like, local issues.
1: Yeah.
0: I mostly say that because my dad is a city council person, for any listeners who, because I made that comment, but people don't know this. Um, Right. But, like, just, like, knowing how much actually happens in local politics, like, you need to have a very good understanding of what is happening in your city and like what is needed and I feel like I mean this is sitcom world so it would be played for laughs but in the real world being on city council is a significant amount of work like there there are a ton of work sessions there's a lot of research that needs to be done like you're you're governing a city and there's there's a lot of responsibility in that and I don't think Kevin could remotely handle that.
1: Right, not in the not in the least. Um, He'd get his
0: first briefing book and be like, "Ugh, this is bullshit."
1: Boring. Um, and you know, Neil does try to warn him of that. You know, Neil's whole shtick the entire episode is, um, "You're gonna get bored, trust me, and you'll be out here playing tag with me in no time, or whatever." You know, Katie yeah. was trying to make him into.
0: ultimate hide and seek.
1: Oh, there we go. And, um, I was like, for once, I agree with Neil. You should look yeah. for your <laughs> Yeah.
0: It was funny um, for that one moment for Allison and Neil to be on the same side for once when they're both just like, you're going to give this up in like a day. So like, why do I need to be involved in this?
1: Right. Why are we making signs? And blah, 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 blah. but all of that aside, um, what was it? What was I, there was something like point I was trying to make. We were talking about remember. what scenes
0: were in the sitcom world. So then it was after the preparing the campaign, there was also him talking to Sam to get the venue and then it's the actual campaign. Getting the
1: venue. I also thought it was really interesting how Sam was portrayed in the sitcom world. That's a whole conversation. Ugh. Okay, I'll start it. Um it was like they emasculated him in this in the sitcom world. And I say that word hating everything to do with the what people typically think of emasculating mm-hmm. but it to me stood out so much that he was meant to be meek that he was meant to be sort of comedic subservient, yeah to to kevin unable to stand his ground despite having this relationship with allison where he's yeah. you know essentially cuckolding this man and um
0: But that makes Allison's point even more that like people can't help themselves around Kevin. Like they just can't. Like you just get pulled in, and there's nothing you can do about it. Because like Sam could have said no, but he, but could he?
1: Like he he he? very much have. (laughs) He very much could have. I mean, he could have, but
0: also like (laughs) it almost like this weird magnetic pull that seems to revolve around Kevin is like yes it's very much this like construct of the sitcom and we are supposed to be examining like why it is that we're okay with this in sitcoms where like these hapless idiots just get whatever the hell they want but it also like because of this construct I'm all I'm a little bit like am I watching once upon a time are they actually under a spell or like an enchantment or something that is making this happen <laughs> so that like, when you're in the sitcom world, you legitimately can't help yourself, except to be there to serve Kevin and his story. Mm. <laughs> Not that I, I think, think that it, is at all where this story is going,
1: but. Right, right. No, I think, I mean, I, I think that there is an element of truth to the fact that every, because again, I, I called it Kevin's fantasy for a reason. Mm-hmm. Kevin's fantasy world, everybody exists to serve him yeah. and his narrative. And mm-hmm. they very much do that. But. Kevin's fantasy world is also. A critique of the real world. Mm-hmm. At its heart. And. So when Allison is saying the world, you know, like it's designed for Kevin to win, she's saying the world is designed for guys like Kevin to win. And it you you can't mistake the fact that like, like it, it didn't pass me that she's saying that, like she's a woman saying that about being a woman in the real world. But she's also saying it to an Asian male yeah. who in the context of um, sitcoms, is going to be the undesired, like he's, he's he's never the leading man. He's not, he's not going to steal Kevin's wife because Kevin is Kevin. He's going to be kind of a joke and he's gonna be subservient and he's going to be all the things, I mean, somebody else more qualified can give you a history of, you know, how Asians and Asian males in particular have been portrayed in cinema mm-hmm. and in television but I a hundred percent saw that happening on screen. And I was just like, wow. So what are they, is that an intentional thing that they're doing for the plots and to tell you how
0: Sam, like. How Sam would be seen in an actual sitcom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How Sam would be seen in an actual sitcom, but also they've been very smart thus far to be using this sort of double metaphor. So like, I'm still trying to figure out like what you're trying to tell me about sam through how he represents in kevin in, in kevin's fantasy and i honestly don't have an answer yet but yeah i just thought it was so interesting
0: it was really a interesting. little unsettling really yes and i mean i don't know that we've said this explicitly but the sitcom world is 100 percent kevin's perspective mm-hmm like, there is never a scene in the sitcom world that is centered on any other character. Like, there's no B or C storyline mm-hmm. that another character is leading. He is the leading man. Yeah. Um, so it's really, I feel like what is happening with Sam is, like, his perspective on who Sam is and his place in Kevin's story, which is to be subservient and to be convenient mm-hmm. for him. Like, that's his role. He has yeah. he he doesn't question his wife's fidelity or or loyalty yes, to him you know, in any
1: fashion. He he made sure to get that little dig in about you know about his his profession. I mean, Sam's oh, yeah. the one who owns his own. Life, but Kevin's going to get his dig in, you know. Yeah. And and when yeah. men do that kind of thing, I, I think Kevin's aware of. The potential, I think any man is aware of the potential of another man stealing their wife's affections,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but. I don't, I
0: wonder if Kevin knows that, that, they that they used means. to be in a relationship.
1: I didn't get that I feeling. from. The yeah, finale, I didn't get but... that
0: feeling either. Cause I know that when they were together before, which is not mentioned in the finale, um, but yes, Allison and Sam were together at one point. When she was in high school, they worked at a restaurant together and they would like make out and back. And he was dating Jen, mm-hmm. who is the wife that he's yeah. leaving in this episode. Jen with two ends. Um, so their relationship has always been him cheating on Jen. It's always been kind of like a secret. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know that. Kevin would actually know and if he did know he might not have cared enough to remember Right. That that
1: because relationship has, had happened. Sam is beneath his notice. I mean that is that is the, the, the message that I kind of got from yeah. that Kevin exuding of and I guess you are
0: yeah
1: um no I'm just like you are you are exactly what you were saying earlier like you're here to entertain you're here you're here to please, you're here to do what I want, and that's exactly what you're going to do. So I have no reason to feel um, insecure. But just in case, like I'll let, I'll I'll remind you of your place, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, because that's what that dig kind of felt like was a little bit of insecurity because you know he's like a, a cable installation technician, and he's talking to a man who owns a business. Yes, it's a diner, but it's a business that he owns right so I'm sure there's some level level of insecurity not that he could probably ever admit that that's what it is um that I think could be leading him to that dig and it also feels almost like it's more of a dig at Allison than it is at Sam
1: right I would agree with that there's no there's absolutely no reason why it, it isn't both because as much as Kevin doesn't actually believe that Allison would ever leave him or get up the gumption to leave him. Mm -hmm. He's got to make the point of you certainly wouldn't leave me for this man, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I don't don't know if you caught this, but she's been working at the diner. She quit her job at the liquor store and it was like... I did catch that. Okay. Yeah, it was... That was a a point of contention between her and Kevin. He was very upset because he lost their 10% discount Yeah, at the liquor store because she didn't want to work there anymore. Yep. Yeah, yep. That was fun.
1: His, Kevin and his digs, like he's definitely putting them both down in that moment. But yeah. anyway, yeah, no, like it just, yeah. And no, something about that moment still unsettles me largely because I can't, having not really seen the rest of it or Sam's arc or uh, Allison's arc with Sam, I don't know what the narrative, I don't know what the the show itself is trying to tell me, mm-hmm. I but, but I did think it was interesting. And I wondered, I guess there's a part of me that is like, oh, I just hope it, I hope it is an intentional thing. Like, I hope you are trying to say something and you didn't just inadvertently stumble into stereotypes, which honestly, <laughs> It's not likely to yeah. happen. So
0: yeah, like we're giving them the benefit of the doubt to a degree because yeah. it is a show that is intentionally examining these tropes. Yeah. And this medium, but there's always the possibility that we're giving them too much benefit of the doubt.
1: <laughs> that is true.
0: Um so to kind of wrap things up, do you i guess our our usual questions which we can actually fully answer for the first time in a while because we keep actually watching all of the seasons that we've been talking about um would you have any interest now that you've seen the first and last episodes in going back to watch the rest of the season
1: i would but i had interest in watching the entire season even from the first episode it's a matter of time but i would say a firm yes okay cool how about you
0: um, I don't know now that I've read the recaps I feel like I like I know what's going on and yeah. I might be interested in going back to watch it at some point maybe if it does get picked up for season two I'll, I'll go and watch the whole season Um, but right now I don't know that I feel like I actually need to watch it
1: you know what that's fair enough because speaking from a life (laughs) speaking from life (laughs) um and i wanted it to be different i did um but there's something to be said for the fact that like you know when a show has your attention like you Mm -hmm. will make the time to watch the show um and yeah that's not it's not there with this one like yeah yeah, it's interesting yeah i would be i wanted it to be there right I, you know, I wouldn't be born going back and watching the other episodes. So, you know, thus I answered the way I did. But, yeah. um, but I know like
0: we when we talked about the wilds, that was one of yeah. like, the first shows we ever watched. And I was enthralled with yeah. the episodes that we watched. I was like 100% going back to watch it. And I still right. haven't. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's not because it didn't have my interest. I'm just like, I'm so busy and I right? have so many things to like do and watch and be that yeah. i legitimately like i have so few things that i watch outside of what we watch for the podcast yeah. It's like <laughs> if i don't have the time to watch it between our recordings the chance of me watching it is very slim it's
1: very small so a show really has to like hook you yeah. it has to like and that has less to do with whether or not a show is good and whether or not it's resonating with something in you yeah um And for whatever reason, like this one didn't hook me, but I will likely I feel like part
0: of it is the sitcom side of it is that it is just so irritating to watch that I'm like, I mm, like to watch Allison's story, I have to watch Kevin's story. And I really don't like Kevin. (laughs) I really don't like, like Kevin. Props to the actor who plays him though, because he does it really well. And I'm sure he's a lovely person in real life. Maybe I don't know, um, mm-hmm. but I, I can give him the benefit of the doubt that he's not actually Kevin in real life.
1: Yeah. But, uh, right. But I don't. You don't necessarily need to even like a character or a situation to, for that hook to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just as writers, like I'm now. I'm just like, ah, oh, I'd be interested in talking sometime about like, where do you think? Why do you think certain things hook you, like, and other things just don't? but we'll, we'll
0: <laughs> yeah especially when you're like it has all the elements that like it should hook me yeah and yet it doesn't
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah anyway uh yeah and would you recommend other people watch it
1: yeah give it a, give it a go it's very cleverly shot written um from what I can tell it seems to be it seems to be a really like really tightly done and it's interesting so give it a shot maybe maybe it's maybe it'll maybe it's for you yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah I think like if you it seems like it's a bit of a slow burn so if you like slow burns and and if you're interested in this sort of examination of sitcoms and marriage and society and the things that we we think we deserve and think that we want then give it a go but also like if you've if you've listened this far like you know how the season
1: ends (laughs) right um I mean that's what we do here we talk through stories that you may or may not have seen
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's up to you to decide right what to do with the spoilers you are given (laughs) That's a wrap on this week's episode of What You Missed On. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can find the show on Twitter at WYMO Podcast. You can find Kim on Twitter at KJOUR and Kate on Instagram at Your Story Unstuck. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.